This is a reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that, his, that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews did not share things in common with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet, our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples said to one another, surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. 
Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to them, came to him, they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe or have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is truly the savior of the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, friends. So if you um, are just joining us, um, we are on both Facebook and Instagram live. And I, I can see from the Instagram that because of how we have to do the angles, we're not a high-tech setup here. Um, so I know some of the spacing seems weird, but it's so that we can make sure that we've got good angles on both. So I can see that on Instagram, you can see my legs. <laughs> so try not to be distracted, people, okay? <laughs> and all my notes. Um, so anyways, good to be with you all. Um, so um, I um, am imagining that, that like um, me um, and uh, many of you, um, that we have all been like searching for hand sanitizer, um, Purell, um, alcohol, Clorox, disinfecting wipes. Um, and it's been kind of a, a madhouse, um, as I know that you've all experienced. And I was searching for Purell for the church because we've got a lot of foot traffic, both on Sundays as well as um, during the week. And so I wanted to make sure that we were really well stocked, but I couldn't find any. And so, um, like many of you, um, I tried to make my own with aloe vera and uh, aloe vera gel and then alcohol. So I managed to score three huge bottles of aloe vera gel from the vitamin shop. And then I went searching for alcohol and I could not find it anywhere. I went to CVS, I went to Dwayne Reed, I went to Rite Aid, all these different places. And then finally in one drugstore, this very kind employee, after seeing my crestfallen face at like the completely bare shelf where alcohol was supposed to be, he was like, well, let me just check downstairs for you. And um, so he went downstairs and then I saw him come back up and he had three bottles of precious alcohol and um, they were kind of small, but, um, but I'm like, hey, it's better than nothing. And um, so then he hands me two and I begged him to give me the third and he just looks at me and goes, come on. And, um, and what I think he was saying was like, come on lady, like don't be selfish. You know, like there's a lot of, there's somebody else who's gonna need this, this alcohol too. And you know we're we're all trying to get these supplies, um, so people are hoarding them now. Um, they're getting into fights at Costco over these things, and the reason why is because we're all afraid. We're all really afraid of what this virus is going to mean for us, um, what it's going to mean for our families, our communities, for our world. And so we're trying to get our hands on these things because we hope that these things will, will protect us. And it's, it's scary and anxiety inducing when, when you can't get what you need. So a few days ago um, on Facebook, my friend, uh, Jason Gabry, um, he posted this um, and he said, uh, I'll just read it to you right now. He says, one of the interesting things to me about this virus is the way it seems to be successfully unmasking the illusions of safety control, economy, and technical mastery that we've put our hope in. It turns out that human life is mortal, fragile, and valuable, despite our efforts to convince ourselves that we are invincible. 
autonomous and have no need to be concerned for our neighbor. It turns out that we do know and love people, the thought of whom contracting a deadly virus threatens us with a sense of heartbreak and loss. It turns out that our wealth and technology can't actually provide foolproof protection. So human life, he's saying, it's, it's mortal and it's fragile. And that's a hard thing for us to accept and to face, when, whether that's our own lives or the lives of those we love. And so when I read our lectionary passages um, for today, I was just really struck at how timely they were. So in the Exodus reading, we've got Moses, and he's leading the people of Israel through the wilderness. And it says, there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And I was just thinking about how, like in our day, you could just substitute the word Purell for water. So it'd be like, you know, there was no Purell for the people to hand sanitize. Mm -hmm. And the people quarreled with a CVS worker and said, <laughs> give us Purell. <laughs> you know, just, just as a shout out to all the drugstore workers out there on the front lines who are, who are receiving people's fear and anxiety. Pray, let's, let's remember to pray for them when we get to that part. Because, you know, the people of Israel were in a life and death situation. You know, like we, we can actually live without Purell, but, but water is it's essential for life. And without water, you, you will die. You know, living things can't survive without water. And so you hear this fear and this anxiety rising to a, a fever pitch when they complain against Moses and they say, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? And they're saying like our lives, you know, our future, our children, our livelihoods, you know, that's our livestock, that they're in jeopardy. So give us water, give us this thing that will save us and protect us from death. And so, you know, Moses, you know, rightfully he cries out to the Lord. And the Lord says to Moses, go on ahead of the people. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink, and Moses did so. So in the middle of this, this barren wilderness, you know, with scarcity, no water in sight, in the middle of fear and anxiety and on the brink of death, the God of Israel provided water for his people. But the point of this story is not, so now like go out onto the street, and hit a fire hydrant and Purell is just going to come gushing out of the water. Like it, this story goes, goes deeper than that. So um, fast forward to two other thirsty people, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And here are two human beings sitting by a well and they are both mortal and fragile. So Jesus is thirsty. The Samaritan woman is thirsty. And Jesus needs water and the Samaritan woman needs water. And in the midst of this like very um, real human need that both of them have, there's this just extraordinary vulnerable conversation between the two of them where Jesus peels back the layers of her need and he tells her, you know, everyone who drinks this water that you are seeking will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. 
And what he's doing in this um, just amazing conversation is he's unmasking her illusion that water, something that she like literally legitimately needs in order to live, is going to quench her thirst. And that's because he knows that whether she realizes it or not, there's an even deeper need that she has, an even deeper thirst. And that if that thirst was quenched, that it would change everything. Not that like suddenly everything was gonna be okay and that life would be perfect and that like nothing bad would ever happen to her, but that that deeper thirst in her would be quenched and she would be different because of it. That no matter what the circumstances were, this living water would fundamentally change like who she was, how she moved around in that world, in her world, how she responded to the circumstances in a way that physical water could never do. So like a few chapters later in um, John chapter 7, verse uh, 37, Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. By this he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And you see, um, Jesus is the rock. You know, Jesus is the rock from which that living water flows. In, in 1 Corinthians 10.4, um, Paul's talking about the Israelites in the wilderness. And he says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. And that rock was Christ. And he's saying that they actually experienced in a literal and physical miraculous way this provision. Like they literally had Purell gushing out from a fire hydrant. You know, but they missed it. You know, they missed him in the midst of their fear and their anxiety. They missed the rock that is Christ. And I want to say, you know, it is possible for us to miss Christ in the midst of all of this, you know, and we're instead we're, you know, we will, because of our fear and our anxiety, we'll, we'll just grasp at what we hope will protect us and save us from death. You know, the dangers are very real and I'm not going to pretend that they're not, but I believe that there is an invitation to us in the midst of this virus, you know, and Jesus said it, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. And what might that look like for us, you know, right now to come to Jesus, the rock, and to drink in a time of, of fear and anxiety? And that's a real question. Like, I want you to actually like, really think about it. What would it mean for you to come to Jesus and drink from that living water? And, you know, if you want to, since I, this is the power of modern technology, you can even like type in, in the comments, um, what that might be. Like for me, um, I think um, just even times like this, like of being together to be able to pray, whether that's in person or, or virtually and kind of turn my heart and mind um, towards Christ, um, so important. Um, you know, maybe um, for you, it is um, be able to enter into like a few moments of, of, of silence at the beginning of the day or in the middle of your day. Um, and I feel like there are, there are probably other things um, here that um, we could share with each other. And, you know, again, please do share in the comments or, um, or, uh, or, or with each other. I've, do you guys have 
while we while I have this um this audience here, this captive <laughs> audience here among me, like I'm curious, like what mm -hmm. you guys do to kind of drink from the living water. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> And as I feel like even something like Jimmy makes it a point to go and run because like running and being out in nature and really making time for that um, feeds him and helps connect him with God. You know, Martha, the other, I'm going to speak for them. <laughs> so Martha, the other day, like, you know, in the morning, she was just journaling. She drew this like beautiful picture of a sense of, of promise. It was like of a sunset and was just writing in there, just reminding herself, you know, of the promises of God. Um, you know, there's so many ways. And so I, I just feel like in the midst of like a lot of anxiety and grasping for things, um, to think about how you can drink um, from the living water. All right, so I'm almost done, so I'm wrapping this up. So, you know, one of the things that I love most about this invitation from Jesus is that it says that when we drink from the living water that Jesus gives us, that out of the believer's heart shall flow streams of living water, the Holy Spirit. And that spirit, you know, Paul tells us, you know, in Galatians, it's the very presence of God that's dwelling within us. That's sacrificial love. It's fearless joy, it's peace, it's courage, it's hope, and where we actually then become wellsprings of the life of God in our world from which others who are fearful and anxious can then drink and be refreshed instead of us, you know, being anxious and grasping and, and hoarding for ourselves. Like our fearful world is, is really crying out um, from thirst right now. And Jesus is the rock that was, that was struck for us, you know, on the cross, because of his death, we have life. You know, death itself cannot overcome the resurrection of Jesus. And because he was struck, we have that living water and we can become those wellsprings from which the spirit of God flows. You know, and God is inviting us in the midst of this pandemic to come to Jesus and to drink. And so I'm going to invite you, this is not in your bulletins, um, but the song that was coming into my mind as I was thinking about all of this um, is Holy Spirit Come. We sing it at St. Peter's um, sometimes, maybe you know it, but um, I'm going to just invite us to just sing it once through right now as a prayer to just say, Jesus the rock, fill us with your living water. Let's sing. Holy Spirit Come, Holy Spirit dwell here, fill your church with joy overflowing, and peace overflowing, and love Oh, 